This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. Every single month, we bring you a best-selling author, somebody we are in relationship with, who we believe that the book that they have, their ideas align with the one thing. And the whole hope is to help you on your path of mastery. Every single one of us is constantly looking up, imagining a future and asking the question, how do we actually get there? How do we bridge the gap? How do we ensure that things that show up on our calendar this week put us in alignment with the type of life that we want to be living? This month, we get to feature someone who's been a personal friend of mine for, what are we going on, five years now? I think we're on six. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, And some background, before I moved to Austin to start the company behind The One Thing, when I was in medical sales, I would be listening to podcasts when I'd be driving my territory. And there was a podcast that I was listening to that was at the time titled Freedom Fast Lane. And the host talked about how he had built these multi-million dollar companies, become a self-made millionaire, and all before the age of 30. And I remember just thinking, okay, I'd like to do that one day. And lo and behold, I I moved to Austin. and, And when I moved here, one of my friends emailed me and said, hey, there's one guy I wanna make sure that you meet. And it's the person that you are going to meet here today. He is the owner of capitalism.com. He uh, has built some big businesses in very short periods of time. And he is the author of the brand new best-selling book, 12 Months to 1 Million, How to Pick a Winning Brand, a Winning Product, Build a Real Business, and Become a Seven-Figure Entrepreneur. Ryan Moran, welcome. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash O-N-E-5-0 and use code O-N-E-5-0 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to see you. Thank you so much for having me. I so respect what you do at The One Thing. So I really appreciate you sharing this with your audience. Appreciate it, man. So earlier today, I got an email from somebody and they said, you know, this looks really interesting to me and, you know, your guy's brand matters. And when you bring somebody on, you're lending your brand to them. What type of research do you do to make sure that they're actually legitimate? Because with a title like 12 months to, to 1 million, it's catchy and... Why don't you walk us through your background so that we know what what you're actually sharing you've actually done? Uh, Sure. I mean, I'm probably best known for taking a $600 investment and starting a physical products brand and growing that to about a $10 million a year run rate and then selling that business for eight figures. That's what I'm, I'm probably best known for. The question over the skepticism or the the... The, the title of the book, 12 Months to 1 Million, I could probably best satisfy that by telling the story of when I started one of my companies, which was a sports nutrition company. I document the story inside of the book. 
I was speaking with my partner who was still working a full-time job. His name was Matt. And Matt and I were maybe three months in. And I, I said to Matt, I was like, you know, I think it's really important that we set a goal together. I, I think it's really important that like, you have you have your set of skills. I have mine. I think one thing that's missing is we haven't set an aligned intention for how big how big are we going to take this? Like what what's our what's our intention of how big we're going to get grow this? And he said, we still laugh about it to this day. He said, Ryan, to be honest with you, like if I make an extra three grand a month, I'm pretty happy. Like that's those are some good vacations. And I was like, dude, no, a hundred grand a month. And it was a conversation that changed and framed our relationship because I told Matt, I was like, I want to hit a hundred grand a month and I want to do it within a year. And I don't know why I picked that. I think it was because I had been an entrepreneur for a few years and I had never built a seven-figure business. I had done seven figures total, but I had never built a million-dollar business. And so we just came to the table with this agreement that we were going to make this plan of hitting a million dollars within the first year. And we did that. But most importantly, I documented the whole thing on my podcast, which is now called Capitalism.com. And over the years, I have I've never solicited this, but hundreds of people have sent me emails, have sent me Facebook messages, have recognized me at airports, and have said, "Ryan, I follow your podcast, and I built a million dollar business because of what I learned from the podcast." And most of it had come from what I shared on the show and what I put on YouTube. But this was the first time that I had sat down and taken everything that I had heard feedback from the audience that they said worked so well in helping them cross seven figures and put it into a 12-month roadmap that I had unconsciously followed. And now I was consciously putting into a playbook that other entrepreneurs could use starting on day one. And we're at this period in a lot of our lives right now where a lot of us feel like we're starting over. So it was very timely that this book was written to give someone a 12-month plan when it feels like we're almost starting a new year. It almost feels like we're, we're starting over in a lot of ways. So that's how the title was born. And that's the track record that all of my informal training has created for other entrepreneurs. This is the first time that it's being given in a more formal, thoughtful setting. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate that. Ryan, at, at the very beginning of the book, you, you, you preface the book by saying, don't read this book. And you actually warn people against reading it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I knew that with a title like 12 Months to 1 Million, and I know that right now, while entrepreneurship is so popular, it's such a buzzword. It's so sexy to say I'm an entrepreneur, and there's so much fake entrepreneurship, especially at a time of social media, that I wanted someone to understand that entrepreneurship is a life sentence. Once you accept the call, most people don't ever go back. And so it was a genuine warning to say, don't read this book, because if you are not called, if you don't feel a pull for the freedom that comes from... And and by the way, freedom is not just a positive word. We love to say freedom isn't free when we're talking about politics, but we don't talk about it in terms of finances. You know, Freedom, having our own control is not free. It requires us to take responsibility. It requires us to serve more than we've ever served. It requires us to give more, to think more, to work harder, to be more focused. When you're the number one in an organization, you don't get to blame anybody else. So freedom isn't just not free when it comes to politics. It's not free when it comes to our finances. We have to work for it. And most people don't want that shocking reality of seeing how much effort it can take 
to build a seven or an eight figure business or even to be financially well off. And so I started the book with a chapter that was don't read this book because the 12 months to 1 million plan works really well. In fact, worked so well that there were a lot of people who didn't belong in the entrepreneurship space who saw some success and then burnt out, became depressed or couldn't handle the pressure or couldn't handle the scale. And as a result, really crumbled and really had a hard time or at least learned a whole lot about themselves and decided they wanted to be a number three at an organization, which is totally fine. But the call to entrepreneurship, I think, is one that requires more grit than most people will ever understand. And if you're not built for that, don't read the book and don't start a business. Yeah, I love that. To talk to the people who were, were living in a, in a very challenging time where uh, unemployment is record highs and a lot of people have had massive income cuts or devastating job losses. Um, entire industries are at stake. Walk us through if somebody's going, okay, maybe this is an opportunity. I guess that there's a gift in every shift. Maybe this is my chance to actually go out on my own. Yeah. What does that look like? Well, first of all, let's frame this with some additional data because we can look at unemployment numbers. We can look at the GDP. We can look at the stock market or we can look at other facts as well. We can look at the fact that Shopify is booming and it's an e-commerce company. We can look at overall e-commerce shopping is up. We can look at the fact that Walmart shoppers are now starting to convert from retail shopping going over to online purchasing. We can look at the data to suggest that delivery companies like Instacart are overloaded right now because people are still buying. They're just changing the way that they buy. So there's a whole lot of positive momentum. It's just not where most people are used to looking. So if you are looking to start something new, I recorded a podcast today where I said, your procrastination may have paid off because we are now in this very interesting changing of the guard where old brands have to give way for new innovative small companies to be able to grow new products and services and bring them to the marketplace. One, one thing that I'm sure we'll talk about is if you know the person that you're targeting, if you know the person that you're serving, you can always carve out new market share. In fact, you might be familiar with the, the story of RX Bar. RX Bar was started a few years ago in Peter Rahan's basement. He made a protein, it was really not even a protein bar, it was just a whole food bar that he made for CrossFit athletes. Most people don't know that part of the story. It was made for CrossFit athletes. And it became so popular in CrossFit circles that it started to get adoption in other markets as well. Four years later, Kellogg's bought RX Bar for $600 million, where a few years earlier, it had just been like this niche CrossFit food brand. Well, the reason I tell that story is because if you know who the who is and you go all in on the person that you serve, regardless of if you're in real estate or you're starting a physical products brand or you have an, an internet audience, if you know who the the person that you serve, who that person is, then all of the change that happens in the world just becomes new opportunities for you to serve that person. And then the opportunity like Peter Rahan, founder of RX Bar, had comes a knock-in where a Kellogg says, you serve that crowd so well that we want to increase our market share by acquiring your company. 
So the opportunity that we have right now is we have new tools and opportunities to go all in on serving the people that we serve in new ways that our competitors weren't considering that we might have ignored up until a few months ago, but now we have to consider them. Now we have to go all in in the direction of where the world is heading so we can focus on serving those people that need what we have the most. And that's how we'll come out of this ahead. Yesterday, I um, got to spend 90 minutes with Keith Cunningham, who wrote The, War- the, the Road Less Stupid. And he shared that the, the thing that stops us from reinventing ourselves is an attachment to the way things used to be. Yeah. When all of this hit, Jay called me and just said, hey, I'm divorcing you from your GPS, your business plan. It's dead as far as I'm concerned. I'm, you're off the hook for any financial commitments you've made for this year. Go talk to our customers. Go find out. Literally, we call it the Adele script. Call them. Hello. How are you? <laughs> and, and you're not trying to sell. You're genuinely just trying to serve them. What's going on in their world and, and see how we can help them. And he said, that's going to tell us where the market is going. And by doing that, I mean, pretty much every area of our business is actually up right now because just very quickly we figured out the cheese has moved. Where's the new pain point and how can we serve people there? And it's paid off. I'm curious for, we talk about finding the who. It's something we frankly have struggled with. The book was written for entrepreneurs. It was written for the business owner. And it's gone on to help everybody. To the point like stay-at-home moms are living the one thing. And for a book about one thing, we struggle because we feel like we have to serve everybody. What do you tell entrepreneurs when they're trying to figure out who that one person is they really want to serve? How do they figure that out? I start by saying, do you know who the ideal person that brings you the most energy to serve is? Mm. Because that's usually a good indicator of the business that you really want to be in. I mean, I tell people, I, I could give my book to two people. One would go on to build a million dollar business, would send me a handwritten thank you card, would then scale to $5 million, would put me on the board of advisors with equity in their company, and would call me once a year. That would be person A. The other would call me a scam artist and write a negative review on Amazon and say that I was just in the money, just in it to make $27 on Amazon. This would be the same book. It's just two very different people. Both bought the book. But one gives me a whole lot of energy and one makes me want to, you know, never sell a book again. <laughs> So, so if I can play out the scenario of that person who makes a $5 million company, puts me on the board of their company and gives me equity in it and sends me thank you cards, like what is it about that person? What, what does that person need that I want to go all in on that person? How can I serve that person and just forget about everybody else? So that's, that's number one. The, the second part of this is recognizing that you don't need a whole lot of people. I was I was speaking with uh, I was on um, our buddy Mike Dillard's podcast recently where he has a following of about a hundred thousand people or so, and he was struggling with you know how do I make a brand that appeals to all one hundred thousand of my followers? And I said you don't, you 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 know, you don't. Otherwise, you have a very watered down brand with no moat around it that anybody can compete with. What you need to do is identify the five hundred people on your list or in your audience that would just love what it is that you're also ravenously excited about. 
And if you bring those two things together, magic starts to happen. It's when it's easy. It's when it doesn't feel hard. It's when there's no friction. It's when, it's when you get referrals. It's when people start talking about you naturally. That's, that's when the world opens up and there's ease and flow rather than trying to think like, how, how do I appease this person is really what we, is what we're thinking when we're trying to serve the person that we're not really interested in serving. That's, that's force. But I like asking the question of what feels easy to start, which is very counterintuitive in the entrepreneurial world, but it gives me an insight into what my natural inclination is, where my natural pull is. And then I get curious about that person and go more all in on that person. Yeah, I love that. Um, So really spell it out for people. If somebody's listening to this right now and they're going, I'm interested in going down this journey. What's the one thing they can do first, just to begin? Hmm. So to begin... It's funny, the question I'm always asked is, what do I sell? And I tell them that they're on step two. And most entrepreneurs get into business thinking about step two, and then they get really chaotic, and they get really confused, and they don't grow. Step one, I mean, Keith Cunningham, you brought up earlier, will, will tell you that business is pretty simple. It's find a group of people that want something and give it to them. But most people skip step one of finding the group of people and they just start trying to give things to people. They just start trying to sell things. The one thing is always deciding who the ideal customer is. It's, and if you don't know, it's you or someone that you know. It's you or if you're in business right now and you're doing okay, it's the ideal customer that you've had in the past and the journey that they went on and their experience of you. That's your one thing knowing exactly who that person is and the journey that you're helping that person go through. I, I became a dad for the second time six months ago. Uh, my first boy, his name is Philip, And I will tell you, when you become a dad, strollers become some of the most fascinating things in the whole wide world. right? These, these, these nuisances that I just thought these, these annoying people brought to restaurants that I never paid any attention to are all of a sudden very fascinating. I can look at their turning radiuses and house and and the space and how they fit into place, and they can just be fascinating. Now, the only reason why I care about stroller brands is because I'm going on a new journey, and it's not just strollers; it's baby clothes and it's bottles and it's sound machines and it's the snoo, which is this machine you put your child in and it rocks it to sleep. And someone's going to send me a message and say you should rock your own child to sleep. And there's all kinds of new tools and places to spend money that I did not know existed. But I started a new journey. And that new journey was, I got a boy. And I got a new boy. And I'm going to buy a whole lot of things as part of this new journey. Your customer and your best customers have always, always, they always started a new journey. If you're in real estate, they've begun the journey of looking for a new home. And some people think that their job is just to show them some houses, but no, there's a much deeper story happening. And if you understand that, man, can you create bonding and long-term connection with this person that gives you referrals and gives you, and they become a customer that comes back to you over and over again. If I'm helping a new business owner, I'm not just telling them what to sell. I'm helping them overcome the obstacles on their journey of 
ultimate success to them, which looks like living life on their own terms. If you're helping someone lose weight, if you're a personal trainer who is wondering, what do I do now? Because I just lost all my clients because I work at a big box gym. If you realize that your customer is on a journey to be in the best shape of their life for themselves and for their families, then you all of a sudden start to think about all the creative ways that you could serve them. So your one thing, your small domino, that thing that feels so easy that you're cheating is when you can identify the journey that your ideal customer is going on and sit with that. Because when you know the answer to that, then you can very easily come up with five, 10 different ways to help them overcome challenges that are happening on their journey. That's your opening move. And if you don't know, here's a great exercise. Just pick yourself or someone you know and a journey that they're on. It's a journey to navigate this new world. It's a journey of my healthcare worker friend who is now learning to protect themselves while also serve other people and and to stay focused and to stay energized and to still be present with family. This is a whole new journey that that person is on and they're going to be looking for new solutions as they're navigating that. You're on that too. And things become real interesting when you can simply identify the journey that people are on and then you go into how you can serve that person on your journey. That's your opening move. That's your tiny domino. And here's what we know. You know, for, for those of you that have been practice leaders for a while, we know think big, go small, trust the dominoes will fall. How many of you right now with everything that's going on in the world, the, the future seems fuzzy and you know that there's a gap from where you are and where you want to be. And it just at times can seem insurmountable. It really starts by just getting into action. Can you pick up the phone and call one person and ask them the questions? And when you do that, you knock that domino down, it automatically gets you back up to call the next person and the next person and the next person. And Ryan, how many people do you think you'd have to talk to before you'd have a pretty good sense of what the market is for those people? You know, we, we we have a joke where we say, if you make a list of 10, you won't make it down the list before you have clarity. So I'll, I'll go with 10. By the time you have talked to 10 people, you're going to hear the same thing seven times. So let's say we do that. We make a list of 10. We start calling. We see the thing. That, that, that has gotten us up to knock down the next domino. At that point, what do we do? <laughs> Great question. So let, let, me, let me tell you a quick story that's relevant to this. I was on a coaching call with one of my clients. Her name's Yasmin. And Yasmin is, is going through this process of the 12 months to 1 million process. And she was, she's usually a very happy, bubbly person. And on one of our recent coaching calls, she was obviously frustrated and she felt very stuck. And it was like, okay, great. Let's, what, what can we do with this? And she was sharing how she feels like she's working really hard and not getting traction. She's not getting progress. She's not seeing the results that she expected by now. And she's doing some beating of herself up and she's waiting she's waiting to see when things are turned around. And she's like trying to convince herself that she's optimistic and positive, but she's, she's obviously frustrated. And so I said, Yasmin, how many customers have you personally reached out to? And she said, you told me to do that last week and I did it three times. I said, okay, great. Okay. Now, let me ask you another question, Yasmin. How many of them got back to you? And she went, one. And I said, let me ask you another question, Yasmin. 
have you gotten any reviews for your product? And she's selling something on Amazon. And she said, no. And then she had this big story about why, you know, why that was frustrating. She couldn't get reviews. And I said, let me ask you this. That one person who reached out to you that had given her really amazing feedback. I said, if you picked up the phone and you called that person and you spoke to that one person, is there a chance that they could tell you something about how they found you that would change your marketing approach moving forward? And she said, yes. And I said, great. And do you think that there's a chance that that person might be willing to take the feedback that they gave you, which was a glowing piece of feedback, and they might be willing to post it as a review on Amazon? And she said, yes. And I said, do you think that having just one review on Amazon might convince some other people that this product is good enough for them to try? And she said, yes. And do you think that if some people are now seeing that review and they're Getting giving you more feedback. Do you think that if you screenshotted that review and you put it on Instagram because you've got a following of a few thousand people, someone else might say, seems good enough for me, and they might give it a shot? And she said, yes. And you can see where this is going. So often, we're thinking about the seventh domino and we're upset that it's not falling. And we're mad at the domino and we yell at the domino and we're like, why won't you fall? And we read books about the domino and we listen to podcasts about the, and we hire a mentor about the domino. And the solution is just to go to the very lead domino of, okay, what can I do right now? Like, what do I have control over right now? What, what I, I can't get 50 reviews or 50 sales or 50 new clients or or. 50 influencers or 50 subscribers or 50 new leads right now. But what could I do to get one? Once I know who that person is, what's the one thing that I could do that would help me get one? And hmm, I heard Jeff Wood say once that, could I do it in a way that would make all of the future ways easier or unnecessary? If I do it once, could I figure out a way to make that happen with a little bit of system behind it to where I could get a second and a third without it being as hard. And then could that lead me to five? And now we got momentum flying all over the place. The biggest thing I see people stumble with when they're building, particularly an online business, is they don't go small enough in order to get the momentum that is required to have that exponential curve up. The, that chart in, in the one thing that I'll never forget where it just shows the, the, the dominoes stacked on top of one another. The, the thing is most people quit on domino three because they're just measuring how small that one, that third domino is without ever giving it the time to have momentum. You know, I, uh, one of, the, one of the, the things that I tell people to do in the book is as they've got a product that is out and selling, the thing you need to do for like three months is reply to every comment you get publicly online to listen and reply to every customer to do every podcast that you're invited on, to publicly respond to the feedback, both positive and negative that you get on social media, to respond to every inquiry you get, to be in yes mode for three to four months. And that gives you the data to figure out, how am I going to lay down this road that takes me to consistent sales so I can launch product two, three, and four. Most people, and I like want to shake them when they say it's like, oh, I'm just going to launch with four products out of the gate and that'll make it happen faster. No, it's going to way slow you down if you don't have the momentum from knocking down all the other dominoes. Now you're just putting weight in front of you that's going to prevent you from moving forward. 
So your question was, what is the thing that they can do once they know who their who is? And the next thing is, go get one of them. Talk to one of them. Get one of them to give you feedback. Give one of them to leave you a review. Give one of them to tell you what they're struggling with. Get one of them to give you feedback that would be valuable for you so you could get new ideas. And we've all experienced how fun it can be when you get one idea or one insight that gives you the momentum to keep going forward. We all have that. We've all had moments of that. And the way that you get that is to just be curious enough to ask. I mean, this is this is so on brand. And when you break it down like that, it seems simple. And I can't help but think, okay, I can do that. But how does like the idea of getting to seven figures within a year when that's where I'm starting, it almost doesn't seem believable. Walk us through somebody who's been working with you, who's been on this journey relatively recently, and how just th- those tiny dominoes that you just talked about, how fast they started to compound. Yeah. They look real, real slow for the first six to eight months. And then for the last four months, it happens. I break it into three stages. I call them the grind, the growth, and the gold. Each one is a four-month time chunk. So in your first four months... and if, and if If you're following the one thing, you can sprint through these a lot faster. But for the for the person who is a new entrepreneur figuring this out for the first time, it takes the full 12 months. The first chunk, that first stage is called the grind, and it is all about making decisions. Who is my customer? What do they struggle with? How am I going to launch my first product? How am I going to fund this thing? What am I going to call it? And the goal of those first four months is to take one sale. It's your only goal. It's the only thing you have to accomplish in four months. Take one sale. You can take up to that time to figure out who the person's going to be, come up with a good product idea, get it made, make sure that you feel comfortable moving forward, make sure that you've got an investor or you've got the few thousand dollars that you want to put into this business in reserve. And then that's the first four months, the goal of taking one sale. The second stage, I call it the growth. And the growth is about taking that one sale to be a consistent 25 sales per day. Why 25 sales per day? 25 sales per day because four products doing 25 sales per day is 100 sales per day. 100 sales per day at an average price point of $30 is a million dollar business. It's like 1.1-ish million dollars. Now, you can be selling more expensive products. You might be selling less expensive products, but the numbers still pan out. So how do we get to 25 sales a day? We do that by replying to every customer, saying yes to every opportunity, by being active in the community that we have built, by responding to all the feedback that we get publicly. So we're getting a little bit of an audience being built. Someone reaches out to us and says, I want to put you on my podcast, which has 500 people on it. You say yes to it, and you get 10 customers from that. And you keep doing this until you're at 25 consistent sales a day. So eight months in, you're doing 25 sales a day, which looks like a really slow-moving business to the outside world. But now you've laid the groundwork. So you've, you've paved the road to take product number two and put it on the road. And it moves much faster because you've got a customer base that wants more from you. You now have relationships with people to talk about you. You now know the system and you know your customer better than you ever have. And so you roll out products two, three, and four in those last four months. And that becomes four products doing 25 sales a day, which is 100 sales a day. And at a $30 price point, that's a million-dollar business. 
that's the roadmap. We also know that the the entrepreneurship journey, uh, bumpy would be an understatement, (laughs) right? It is filled with challenges, stressful moments, uh, times where you will really question why you did it. Talk to us about what some of those moments have looked like for you and how you've navigated them. I was on stage with uh, our buddy Cameron Harold when I asked him, all right, Cameron, you've built $100 million companies. Do you still get stressed out? And he said, (laughs) Ryan, come on. I was passed out in the middle of the floor having an anxiety attack like a year ago. He said it it a little bit more eloquently than that. But it was basically like, come on, like, of course. What do you believe those social media people who seem to have it all together? Come on. Like entrepreneurship is a game of slaying our own internal demons. And there's no faster way to have them come up by then putting everything on your shoulders and being wholly responsible for the results of an organization. There's no faster way to make your demons show up. None. And we have to go through that process to be the leader who is qualified to be able to do this over and over again. The reason why most people don't is because they do not show the willingness to overcome those demons. I mean, that's what leadership is. Being willing to slay those demons ahead of when they reach other people and being the leader to navigate that those waters. That's the name of the game. And they will inevitably come up. I have a, a, a good friend of mine here in town who's named Brooke Castillo. She was challenging me recently where she said, if you don't put a date on your goals, then you won't have the pleasure of dealing with all of the doubt and insecurity that will inevitably come up when you see the goal on the calendar. And that's where all the magic happens. I had told her, I was like, yeah, I have goals, but I put deadlines on them because that makes me feel tense and stressed. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh, that's the point. Let it come up. Because when you deal with it, now that belief is changed forever. And now you are the person who has the muscle memory to be a consistent leader and a consistent performer. Without doing all of that work, then you're just guessing at whatever life throws at you. That's, that's how you navigate this game in a way that makes you qualified to be a leader in this space. Not by avoiding the inevitable challenges, but by leaning into them and building that muscle so that you're qualified to be good at this game. Yeah, I love that. Multiple people have asked, uh, you've referenced physical products, and I know your background is very much Amazon and and that world. Does this work if you're a consultant or a service-based business? Uh, Yeah, 100%. So some, some of the mechanisms might change a little bit, specifically when it comes to distribution. But you know, my, my game is physical products, which means that most of my emphasis is on sites like Amazon, using Shopify, using influencers. But all business at the end of the day comes down to leads and sales. Can you get leads and can you close those leads? And can you get leads at a, in a way that gives you enough predictability, scale, and quality for you to be able to make more sales? And it is all about building those systems to get the qualified leads, to close the qualified leads, and to know your customer well enough to be able to serve them along their journey. I would say that if you know the answer to that question alone, who is your customer and what's the journey that they're on? 
And what are the things that I'm able to bring to the table to serve them? If you can answer that question alone, then you're miles ahead of everyone else in your industry. What are the biggest mistakes that people make going through this process? How much time we have, Jeff? So um, the, <laughs> the mistakes that people make, number one, asking the question, what do I sell before they know who it is that they're selling to? I would say this is the, is the case with just all entrepreneurship in general. It, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're in a, something like real estate and you're, and you're asking, what do I sell? You would just say houses. But the minute that it becomes luxury homes to people who are relocating to a new area, boom, everything is solidified. You know who your customer is. You know how to speak to them. You know how to get exposure. You know who you need to connect with. You know what groups to join. You know what emails to send. You know what platforms they're on to get in front of them. You know what your business card needs to look like. It needs to be a little bit higher end. You know, you need to dress for the part. You know, completely different experience than saying I sell homes. So if you know who the person is, you're 80% of the way home. And so if you know who that is, and then you're using modern day influence and modern day marketing and modern day traffic in a world that that is now necessary. This is no longer optional to just know that there's influencers in email marketing and that there's there's e-commerce is now we can drop the e. It's just commerce. All commerce is e-commerce. And so if you know the person that you're that you're serving, the journey that they're on, and you know about the tools that are available, then you can hit seven figures no matter what business you're in. And you can do it in a relatively short amount of time. In my case, it's about 12 months. I find myself... Um, you and I are both very much legacy-type people. And our daughters have played together for, for years. Esther's how old now? Five, six? Yeah, she'll, she'll be five in two weeks. Yeah. Imagine that all of a sudden you were no longer here. What are the things that you've learned on your journey that you would want to make sure Esther and Philip knew? Wow. You're the second person to ask me this, and I find it to be the hardest question that anyone has asked me on a podcast. So the first thing that I would say, happiness is what you really seek. Now, that doesn't mean happiness is the highest aim. But happiness and meaning and fulfillment are what we actually are seeking. Everything that we do is to connect with other people, to feel fulfillment, to be happy, to have fun. It's the emotion that you're that you're going for that we're that we're really after. That's that's number one. The second thing I would tell her is that there is no self. There is no the biggest lie, the biggest misconception in this whole world is that we're separate, that we're separate from one another. No, no, there is no self. There is. This is a very Eastern thought, but I'm yet to find a hole in the argument. There is no separateness from you and I and from us in the whole. There is just the collective and a whole bunch of parts. I'll save that for one of my philosophical uh, uh, podcasts for another day. And number three, I don't care what my daughter does for a living, but I care how she does it. I care if she's kind. I care if she's empathetic. I care if she's happy. I care if she is operating from a place of service. And that is what everyone wants from other people too. 
in reality, when people judge you, they're really judging themselves. When people judge that person's a that person's a blank, what they're really saying is relative to how I see myself, this person is this. So they're not saying anything about the other person, they're saying something about themselves. But we all deeply crave to be treated with kindness, to be treated with to be understood, for people to have empathy, for keep people to be happy because we want to be happy. And so I would say how you succeed, how you do what you do is way more important than what you do. Those are my three lessons that I would still upon my daughter. Yeah, love that. And folks, this this is this is about you. So if you have questions, please go ahead and put them in the questions box and we will start to filter those to Ryan as well. Um, a tactical question, Ryan. Knowing everything that you know now, would you start selling on Amazon today? Would you go Shopify? Would you do it? What would you do if you were starting all over? Great, great question. All right. So let's just let's just pretend that you're sitting there and you're like, all right, I'm thinking about making a change. COVID is shaking up my world a little bit, and I want to do something about this. This is what I would do. I would build an audience on one platform that was very specific to whoever my ideal person or my ideal client was. And so if I like I'm a physical products guy, so I'm gonna be a physical products guy. And I would like I'm working on a few different physical products brands right now that I'm really pumped about that are pure fun for me. I can't wait. Like I'm so pumped. Right. And I just I, was, I want the products myself. I'm I'm gonna be selling them from a mountaintop because I'm so pumped about them. So I know that anybody who resonates with that is my ideal person because they're pumped about whatever I'm pumped about. So my ideal person is who resonates with the products and services that I have to offer that I'm bringing to the world. But if you're selling a high-end service, then the only thing you need to worry about is who is that ideal person. And I would speak only to that person. Then I would launch one highly profitable product or service. And to me, that's my highest end physical product. And absolutely, I'm going Amazon. 100%, 10,000% all day long, I'm starting on Amazon.com because they have all of the customers. Their customers have their credit cards on file at Amazon. I don't have to do any of the shipping or fulfillment. Amazon takes care of it. My only job is to go deep with the customers, find out what they want, and serve them along their journey. That's our job as entrepreneurs. Our, your only job is to serve your clients and customers along their journey. It's all you have to do. And the less friction that you can put between your job and the fulfillment of that, the more successful you'll be and the faster you will move. So for me as a physical products guy, 100% absolute yes, I'm starting on amazon.com because it's the least amount of friction to take a darn sale. And I can hit seven figures just doing Amazon and one outside platform where I'm speaking to my ideal target. So this is a very inside baseball question, but when you sell through Amazon, you actually don't know who your customers are. How do you figure out who your customers are? The way that you find out who your customer is when you're selling on Amazon is before they ever transact with you. This, this is when I really know a winner. So my back end for the book, you know, like how I'm going to make my real money from writing a book, which takes two years, is I have an investment fund where I invest in students who are going through my, my process. And I want to invest in their companies, sit on their boards, help them take, you know, go to an, for an exit. I know a winner when that person knows who the customer is, not considering Amazon. So when someone knows who the customer is because they've got an email list, 
when they've got a following, when they've got other people talking about them, when they've done the research of speaking to people who have never bought from them on Amazon, but have bought from other platforms, when they're speaking to distributors or retailers or other partners who are thinking about talking about their business and has nothing to do with Amazon, I know that the business is going to absolutely crush it on Amazon because Amazon is starving for brands that are not faceless. People think that Amazon is a place where commodities are sold and it's brandless and it's the lowest price product. No, nothing could be further from the truth. The reason why that perception exists is because that's how it started and that's what it was used for. But now everyone is shopping on Amazon and they're not just price shopping. They're shopping for their journey. They're not shopping for their price. So this is just a common moniker that is that is talked about in the entrepreneurial world where they think it is all about price. No, it is all about the person behind it. So if you know who the person is before they ever hit Amazon's web webpage, that's how you find out who your customer is. You do it by getting out ahead of it. You do it by doing the, the step oneing. A lot of people will sell on Amazon and then try to figure out who's there and pull them into their ecosystem. That's extraction. That's trying to get something from someone. Real service and creation comes by serving them ahead of time before the transaction ever happens. Well, and, and for people who haven't gone down this journey before, I mean, you, you mentioned very specifically, you'd start, you'd figure out that one person you really want to serve the product that's going to help them. And you would pick one channel from a content standpoint where you can serve them. And to really tie this together, I mean, if I pull the curtain back and walk you through the model, the business model, the one thing, it's create content that reaches lots of people. It's why we're doing this webinar that ultimately gets people on our email list. It's a database that we control so that we can earn the right to have people as customers, which funds the profit, which creates the future. So content and database are before customer even happens. That, that's, that's exactly it. You're way out ahead of it at that point. You've built yep. trust. You've built rapport. You've built notoriety. You've built brand before they ever transact with you. Most people are trying to sell first, build brand and rapport later so that people don't cancel or refund or complain. That's backwards. You build it ahead of time and then you've earned the right to be able to transact with that person. So some people, I've seen the, the comments in the questions box where they get it's awesome to have the idea of finding that one person that you really want to serve. And for many people today, they're trying to figure out how the heck they're going to bring in money now. And they don't feel that they've earned the right to be picky on who their customer mm -hmm. is. If there's somebody that wants to give them money, they feel like they need to say yes and fulfill that so that they can put food on the table. How mm -hmm. do you balance leading with revenue with also? being clear on who it is that you want to serve. Yeah, great. I mean, great question. I mean, if you have if if you're in a bind and there's people showing up right now, that's your person. <laughs> when when you're struggling financially, the person who is most exciting to serve is a person who is ready to buy. So, that's your ideal person. What are the characteristics of the person who is ready to buy? They're struggling with this pain point. They're on this journey and they want to go in this direction and I can serve them in this way. So the low-hanging fruit, the fast way to look at this is who is showing up now? Who is reaching out now? Who's asking for my help now? And how can I be resourceful for them? That's how you start. That's how most entrepreneurs start, by the way. They see a need and they fill it. They don't sit around and talk about who the ideal person is. They look at who's showing up and who's ready to buy. 
Some people will even go as far as to say, I just look at market data and say, ah, there must be a need here. And they reach their own conclusions about that. I, I don't follow it. I don't like that approach because I think it's hard to discover who a person is by looking at data. But to the person who is looking for any justification to move forward, that's one way that they can pick who their person is and move forward by just looking at global demand for something. But the person who is showing up first might just be your person. It may not be who you serve long-term, but if you're looking at a short-term problem, the short-term solution is to look at what's showing up in front of you right now and how can I serve them in a way that makes them a raving fan, give me referrals and other recommendations, and help me grow something that'll be happy owning and scaling long-term. I think this is where you know people hear the, the title, the one thing, and a lot of people internally question if that can be real because they merely go, I have more than one thing. And in this, like, I can't just, I can't, okay, I can pick one ideal customer, but yet I've got to put food on the table. Folks, this is a path. It's, it's, it's a journey. And you got to find ways to keep the lights on. You got to have ways to, to put the food on the table. It's not that you're only going to serve that one person. If somebody's willing to do business with you and you feel you can do business with them, awesome. And is it possible you can have 15 minutes t- time blocked for you to sit down and really ask, who is the ideal person I want to serve? Mm-hmm. Can you be the type of person that starts to lead with revenue, starts to get it going, and continues to pause and ask the big questions, search for the big answers so that you can bridge that gap? Well said. Beautifully put. Because no matter how much momentum you're getting from client flow, you're going to have half of it that you love and half of it that you don't love. And so when you have no data of the people you like working with, it makes it really hard to make those decisions. So I just like to say, let's go make some mistakes. Let's go get some clients we don't like and find out what we don't like so we know what we do like. And that's how the ball starts moving. Yeah. For Ryan, for the people who want to get into action, how can they get a copy of your book? Probably the best place is Amazon. I'd love to send you to Barnes & Noble, but uh, I don't think anybody's doing that right now. So uh, Amazon.com, the book is called 12 Months to 1 Million, or you can just search my name, which is Ryan Daniel Moran. Yep. And if they want to follow the podcast and get on your email list, where can they go? Yeah. So capitalism.com is my business. Capitalism.com is my podcast. And my Instagram is under my personal. It's at Ryan Daniel Moran. Yeah. And, and folks, this is very timely just because we're in a world of change and a lot of us are asking the bigger questions. And there's a reason that we do these. It's to shepherd you on that journey. And that's why we wanted to bring Ryan on to offer an opinion of, for those of you that are looking at going into the entrepreneurial world, how can you do that with with somebody who's actually done it and done it with others? And for those of you who are practice leaders of the one thing, um, today we launched our virtual goal-setting retreat series. You know, Every year we facilitate an in-person retreat, but the world has changed. And so have we. And the highest way we can serve you right now is to help you get clarity on what your goals are right now. Which ones do you need to discard? What are the ones that you need to recommit to right now? And to shepherd you on the process for the next seven months to just knock away at those dominoes, which will set us up at the end of the year to come together virtually on a retreat to cast a vision for the next year. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to learn more about that, go to the one thing.com slash set my goals. That's the one thing.com slash set my goals. And you can learn more about it there. Ryan, five to 10,000 feet. I'm that person that really believes I'm destined to make an impact in the world. I, I genuinely want to wake up every day feeling like I am serving people. And as a result of that, I can actually build a business that provides real security for my family. 
What's the one thing they can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? (laughs) Believe that you can. And if you can't believe that you can, look at other people who have. I think a lot of people set goals for themselves that they don't actually believe that they can hit. And then they walk through life comparing themselves to what they thought they were supposed to do rather than what was actually possible for them. There's another way to do it, which is to still set the same goal, but then look for the evidence for the goal. Look for the evidence. Like, for example, I used to do this. I would look at how much, uh, say, I want to have a million dollar business. And I would look at somebody who had a million dollar business and I would immediately compare myself to that person, feel bad about myself and resent that other person. That is more data for just, I can't do it. And so I'm reinforcing this thought pattern of, I can't build a million dollar business. And I'm looking at my goal and the goal, I feel like crap when I look at the, when I look at the goal. The other way is to set the goal and say, I'm going to run a million dollar business. I have no idea how I'm going to do that. But look at that guy who did it. He doesn't look much smarter than me. That person did it too. That person did it three. And to only pay attention to things that validate the belief that you want to have. The one thing you can do such that by doing it become, makes everything easier or unnecessary is to believe that it is possible, that it is normal, that it is simple, that it can be fun, that it can be exhilarating, that this can be an opportunity, that this can be expansive, that this can be curious, that it can all of the things that you want to do. That's what your goal is. If you believe that, you will find all of the reasons to take the call, call the client, launch the product, put up the piece of content, write the email, reach out to that contact, pitch the investor. You'll find all the reasons to do it rather than justifications for why you can't. Do that one thing and your whole life will be easier or unnecessary. Every single thing. When you believe that it's possible, it becomes much easier and unnecessary. Here's what's cool about what you just said. Every person who's listened to this, whether they realize it or not, just by listening, they surrounded themselves with someone who's done it. They surrounded themselves with people who are reinforcing that it is possible. And even though it's so small, over time, you really start to stack up who you hang out with And the books you read, the podcasts you listen to, the trainings you go to, it really shapes your reality. Yes, 100% does. It's a big deal. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for investing your time with us. We genuinely appreciate you. Uh, If you'd like to pick up a copy of Ryan's book, like you shared, you can go to Amazon and type in 12 12 months to to 1 million. And um, you can also check out capitalism.com podcast as well as the website. And genuinely, my friend, thank you so much for investing your time with us. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for doing what you do. Thanks for having me, everybody. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Ryan Daniel Moran, owner of Capitalism.com and author of the brand new book, 12 Months to $1 Million. The thing that we love about this, folks, is for any of us who have started companies, you know that (laughs) there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I love how Ryan helped us go so small. And I love pointing out the biggest mistake in that starting with what's the product versus who am I actually going to serve? 
We hope that this episode brought value to you. And if it did, please share it with somebody who needs to hear it and consider picking up a copy of Ryan's book on Amazon. And if you are that person right now who is really struggling with the clarity on what the future needs to look like, or you're looking at your goals for the year and feeling like a lot of them are no longer possible and you just, you want to reset, go to the one thing.com slash set my goals. This is the highest way that we really can serve you right now is to lock arms with you, help you get clarity right now in the year and shepherd you through a process the rest of the year where every month you feel like you're, you've got a sense of progress going. And look up at the end of the year when together we can set our goals for the upcoming year and have that clarity and launch the year with lots of momentum. You can do that by going to the onething.com slash set my goals. Thanks so much for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you are not yet subscribed, please click the subscribe button so all future episodes are automatically downloaded to your device of choice. And while you're at it, will you leave us a rating and review on your podcast player? It really helps us reach more people and help them along their journey of living the one thing. Thanks so much. And we look forward to being with you in the next episode.